Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milano podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode one. Um, This podcast is released every single Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and it consists of three segments. Talkworthy is the first one where we pick a few topics um, that happened the previous week and we just try to offer a new or different perspective. The second is Dropping Gems where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. And the third segment is called BTS where we recap my past week, um, new finds, exciting encounters, some TV recaps. And that's basically the podcast. If you're listening via podcast apps, please, please, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really, really helps. And there's also a visual to this. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Also, follow me on Instagram at starring Milana. You guys, if you are an OG listener, then you know we typically start off with BTS um, and then we go to Talkworthy. But I decided this season I'm going to switch it up because I felt like it was just so important for you guys to get your news first. So I moved up the Talkworthy segment. We're going to see how it goes. I think it's a great change. Um, I'm excited for it. And then we'll go to Dropping Gems and then we'll wrap it up with BTS and like a hefty TV recap. Okay, before we get into it, I want to address my hiatus. Obviously, it's way longer than any other hiatus I've ever taken. It was like six months, almost seven. Um, I definitely needed it. There's been a lot going on. There's still a lot going on, but, um, you know, I just needed to bring it back. And I also caught COVID, so I'm kind of recovering from that a little bit. Um, It's just been a really hectic, crazy time in my life, and I'm a little bit rusty. I'm really excited to do this podcast again, but I'm also just a little bit rusty. Um, I might be coughing, taking coughing breaks here and there, so... Well, there's one. Be prepared. I can't talk for long periods of time. Um, yeah, COVID got me. So I'll talk about that in a different segment, but it's just a lot's changed in my life. Um, and I just needed a little bit of a break. I actually still need the break, but it's okay. I decided that I need to bring it back. It's a new year. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. So let's just get into it. We're going to start off with Talkworthy. The first thing I'm going to talk about is this Starbucks situation that happened last week. Um, Some Starbucks employees began a strike and walked off the job last week. According to Vice, Starbucks baristas at the coffee giant's first unionized cafe in the country walked off the job on Wednesday to demand greater COVID-19 protections. Late Wednesday, the Starbucks workers sent a letter to their district manager stating their demands. We, the undersigned partners at Elmwood Starbucks, are on the strike due to concerns over COVID safety protocols. The letter obtained by Motherboard states, we believe that Starbucks should close our store and pay our partners until we can reopen safely and fully staffed with the with those who have been exposed to having an opportunity to isolate and stop the spread. The strike comes up about after a barista tested positive for COVID-19 at the newly unionized location and roughly 10 others who were exposed went into isolation, leaving the store severely understaffed, workers say. Um, they told us we're not allowed to enforce the mask mandate and that we could be written up for doing so, said Jazz Brzezak, a burst at the unionized location. But the biggest thing we're worried about is exposure from each other. Workers are also demanding hazard pay N95 and K95, KN95 masks and a reimbursement for COVID-19 testing costs. According to their spokesperson, Reggie Borges, denying a customer service for not wearing a mask is not a reflection of their, of their mission and values. Um, okay, so a few things here. I did hear pretty good things about Starbucks during the pandemic. Um, Although they didn't offer hazard pay, I do know that they offered sick pay, 
vaccine pay, um, isolation pay, which is more than most companies actually offered. And the representative from Starbucks also said that, you know, they support any changes that leaders in the neighborhood think is required for their location, their community, meaning like they can do shorter hours if they're understaffed. Um, and they can also just only offer takeout if there has been any COVID exposure. Now, do I think that these union employees are asking for too much? No, I think that they should be obviously provided uh, with proper PPE and um, testing or at least reimbursement for testing. I think hazard pay is super important, but if we're being realistic, I don't know if every single company out there can really offer hazard pay. Can Starbucks offer it? Probably, they can probably afford it, but I don't know if, in my opinion, it makes sense for every single company to offer hazard pay. I think I think companies uh, with essential workers should offer it, so like healthcare workers, um, grocery stores. I don't think coffee is necessarily like an essential business, um, so I'm not sure that I really believe that they should offer hazard pay. Now, what I do think is missing, not just from Starbucks, but a lot of companies or businesses across the board, is they really need to go with the flow of things. I think that um, as cases are rising, they all, all companies, all businesses need, really need to check in and, and, and change some of their policies and go with the flow of this virus because it is just constantly changing. Um, I think they should be doing weekly testing at their locations. They should bring in someone, do a weekly testing or they should require everyone to be tested weekly and then reimburse them for the tests. Um, I also think that asking customers to wear a mask is honestly just the complete bare minimum. I don't see a problem with that at all. And I think that it only protects the employees and the company as a whole. Um, but this did get me thinking, should establishments ask customers for their vaccine records? I personally don't think that it's appropriate to ask um, customers to see their vaccine records. I think that it goes against HIPAA. If you really think about it, if someone can't be, for any reason, can't get vaccinated, um, maybe they have pre-existing conditions, maybe they just they can't get vaccinated, do they need to sit there and explain themselves to the cashier? Are they supposed to show a doctor's note? I worked at Jamba Juice when I was in high school, and I can't imagine with my 16, 17 year old snot self standing there asking a grown ass man for his vaccine records and he's sitting there trying to explain to me why he's not able to get vaccinated at the moment. You know, like it's a little bit um, much. I actually really agree with In and Out and their policy where they said they will not require their employees to ask for vaccine records and they stated we are not the vaccine police. And it's true. I really agree that I think it's inappropriate um, to ask people for their vaccine records. Now, Wearing the, a mask, though, is the bare minimum, and I do think that places, establishments, businesses, gyms, everyone should require their customers to wear a mask. This I totally agree with. It doesn't really harm anyone. It doesn't cause anyone, anyone trouble. Just put on the mask, walk in, get what you need to get, and get out, but I don't agree with checking um, vaccine records. So those are my thoughts on the Starbucks walkout. The next thing we're going to talk about is something that happened last year during the Capitol riots, um, but it's kind of resurfacing this year because it's the one year anniversary and um, there's been a lot of check-ins and I know some of the trials are coming up. So this article came out about this guy who uh, turned his father into the FBI. So I'm just wondering how many of you would really turn your parents into the FBI? And before you judge, you really have to hear the story. Um, I guess this kid, Jackson, first tipped off the FBI about his dad back in December of 2020, saying that he had really radicalized rhetoric, um, and he just basically put his dad on the FBI radar. 
Um, and then when the Capitol riots started unfolding, the FBI called this kid again and asked him if his dad was one of the people at the Capitol during the Capitol riots. And he was like, yes, that's my dad. He had a lot of weapons. So according to Vice, this is a statement from the Sun. I was paranoid through the roof for a while because my dad would constantly go to protests and he would constantly bring his guns and constantly get involved in stuff that he shouldn't be in, Jackson told Vice News. And it probably would have gotten worse and worse until someone broke into our house or he killed someone or somebody killed him. Um, so his dad also wrote a letter while it, in prison, he's been in prison for a year, wrote a letter and basically said that he has bonded with some of the other rioters and if they really wanted to, they could be successful at overthrowing the gov government. So I don't think he's really... I actually think it might have gotten worse um, while he's been in prison. This mean that this man seems super dangerous. He's a little bit extreme. Um, I don't know if I could turn my parents in to the FBI, but at the same time, if it was like to protect my family, if I feared my own safety, then yeah, like maybe I would. And it seems like this was probably the best option for this uh, kid because I think you have to stop this man while he's ahead. I think that he could have really harmed somebody. He actually threatened his kids. He said, if you guys tell anyone about this or if you tell the FBI or anything like that, I'm going to shoot you. So he threatened to shoot his kids. Um, so it sounds like the son used his discretion and, you know, he turned him in. And what I find very interesting is I did a little bit of research and it turns out that most of the tips that the FBI received were actually from family and friends. So that's interesting. A lot of people turned in their loved ones for whatever reason to the FBI after the riots. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about in the Talkworthy segment is all of this uh, unfortunate news about Chris Noth. Now, is it Chris Noth or Chris Noth? Noth, Noth. I feel like he should just been, there should have been an R there and like Chris North would have been a great stage name and real name but, but here we are with Noth anyway um so Chris Noth or how most of us know him as Mr. Big from Sex in the City he's obviously had more roles than that but I think that that's the one that most people know him from a few weeks ago allegations were coming out about him sexually assaulting uh two women between the years of 2004 and 2015 um the women remained anonymous but they gave pretty like graphic details he denied all allegations, all wrongdoing. Um, since then, three more women have come out. I believe two of them use their real names. Um, and these two were allegations, I think, of sexual harassment, not necessarily assault. And he commented on them, and he actually said he doesn't even know one of these women. And he was since he has since been dropped by his agent, dropped um, from his role in the show The Equalizer, and from the season finale of Just Like That. Um, even though, spoiler alert, he wasn't even in this show to begin with. He was in one episode, he died. Um, I guess maybe they filmed a flashback and they decided to remove him from the season finale. Um, but he vehemently denied all of these allegations, said that it was always cons consensual and um, if there were even any encounters. Basically, he's saying, one, I don't even know some of these women. Two, that never happened. It was always consensual. And this is tough. You know, I was reading a lot of comments um, about him being removed and dropped from projects. And some people think it was the right thing to do and it was appropriate. Um, and then others were saying that it was too much, it was too soon, it's a witch hunt, and um, and it's been, you know, 10, 15 years since since some of these things happened, 20 years almost even. Uh, why is it coming out now? Which is always the question when women come out, right? Like, why now? Why did it take so long? Um, and one of the women actually stated that 
she's been traumatized. She's tried to forget this. And then when she saw him in the, you know, and just like that, the Sex and the City revival, she was like, it just brought up all these emotions again. And she just couldn't handle it. And she decided to come out and um, share her story. Now, it's hard uh, because I really do believe in innocent until proven guilty. I do feel that like as soon as allegations come out about anyone, we all like the world just cancels them automatically or believes, you know, the story. And there's not a lot of fact checking going on, not necessarily only about, you know, through the Me Too movement or sexual harassment. I just think in general, in general, I think when something comes out, um, we quickly cancel. We don't wait for an explanation. We don't hear the other side of the story. But this isn't one or two women. This was five, even if it was just one woman. You know, the details were pretty graphic. Um, they went and told their family and friends after it happened, and these people were also interviewed um, and confirmed and backed up those stories. Um, and also, I think that, you know, some people would argue, well, this when these allegations come out, it can take, you know, years for these people to go to trial. Now, what are networks necessarily supposed to do in this case? Are they supposed to continue to work with this um, person, with Chris, and hope that, you know, these allegations aren't true? And these victims are supposed to sit back and watch him continue to get jobs and on TV? No, I think that the, the best thing that they can do is just take precaution and say, hey, like, we need to, we can't work with you anymore until your name is cleared. Um, and that's really the best thing that they can do. So I think that, you know, saying that it's a witch hunt or it's too soon or, you know, innocent of proven guilty, while I do agree to a certain extent, I don't think that we necessarily can sit around and wait it out for him to be proven innocent or guilty because, you know, the first five women that come out with a very similar stories with people who are able to back it up. Um, and you know, if it comes to be that it's not true, then he can always go get his, you know, acting gigs back. But I don't think that, you know, waiting to find out if he's guilty or not while also giving him jobs and paying him while these victims have to sit back and watch this man across their screen is really what networks should do and they don't do. So th that was just kind of my um, natural, you know, reaction of my first initial thoughts when I read some of these comments who are saying that I don't think we should be canceling anyone until we have all of the information. We have, I guess, enough information to believe these women or at least take the first steps to protect, you know, their own businesses, their own networks from any additional you know, harm or criticism. All right, that's it. Let's get into dropping gems. So usually the first episode of the year is about my New Year's motivations. Now, if you're an OG listener, you know, we don't do resolutions here. We do motivations. Um, but this is the second Monday because I wasn't feeling well, um, but I'm still going to do what I usually do. Um, so my 2022 motivations are and by the way we don't do resolutions because I don't know it just doesn't they don't really do anything for me it's kind of like a cliche so I use the word motivations because it motivates me to actually get things done um but I decided to do something different this year I didn't want to do a um list of like goals or motivations necessarily I wanted to pick a word of the year a theme of the year and just focus on that so I chose the word slash theme consistency. Um, I have a really hard time being consistent in life. I start something, don't necessarily finish. I, I do something for three weeks and then kind of fall off. Um, you know, eating, working out. I don't even have a consistent signature. Like my signatures look different every every time. So my goal for this year is um, 
consistency. Here's a list of things that I want to be consistent with. First is um, using my planner. Now I love this one by either pronounced still or steel. Now you guys know English is my third language. I can't pronounce half the English words. Um, but here it is. And I'll probably post it on my Instagram too. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. And if you're listening on the podcast app, it's S-T-I-L. Steel, I have like the coffee mocha colored one. Um, I love this one. I have gone through a lot of planners in my life. Um, sometimes I have two or three a year. And this is the only planner that I've gotten out two or three years in a row. Um, I love it. It's great. It has everything that I need. Um, and yeah, I'll show some of the pages in, um, on my Instagram, but this is a great planner. Uh, so I want to be consistent using my planner every single day. Um, my morning routine, <sighs> it's so hard. It's been so hard to wake up. It's been so hard to wake up. I used to wake up at 6am every day guys, and I can't do it anymore. Um, my schedule kind of like mixed in with my boyfriend's schedule and his schedule is just, uh, it's late. So, um, that's been hard for me, but I do want to really implement a morning routine this year. I'm going to try to follow the savers routine, which is the miracle morning, um, and savers, um, so it stands for S is for um, silence. So you wake up and you have like a moment of silence. Um, A is for affirmations. You get, you know, read out your list of affirmations. V is visualization. It's basically like, you know, mixed in with the silence, kind of like meditating, visualize the things that you want for your day, your week, your month, your year, your life. Um, e is for exercise. So it's like a could be even a minute exercise if you want jumping jacks anything just to get your body moving it could be 15 minutes it could be yoga this isn't like your workout routine it's just like the first thing that you do when you wake up so just get your body moving a little bit um ours for reading so read a book a passage a scripture anything and then s is for scribing so writing um your thoughts down so the way that i'm planning on doing it is waking up and um First, like exercising, doing like a quick movement, grabbing my coffee, and then doing my reading and scribing at once um, because I like to read like a passage or scripture and then I like to write about it and get my thoughts out. And then I will do um, kind of like the silence. Uh, well, I would do affirmations and visualization at once. So I would read my affirmations and then visualize um, and meditate on that a little bit. And then I would pray. And then after I pray, I do silence. So I can even, if you're running late, you can even do like the prayer part in the shower, the affirmations or the visualization part in the shower while you're getting ready. I actually had to do it once when I was driving. Um, obviously, I didn't close my eyes and meditate, but I would just like think about the things in my mind. Um so that's like a great morning routine. I really, really need to make this a habit, really implement this into my life. The next thing I want to be consistent with is my skincare routine. I can get lazy. Definitely I take my makeup off before I go to sleep, but, and I wash my face, but like, you know, the oils and the this and the masks and the, the like, <sighs> thank you, God. I have been blessed, knock on wood, with pretty good skin, combination skin, not a lot of spots, acne, pimples, you know, so I, I tend to get lazy, and I need to really focus on my morning and nighttime skin routine, I'm not getting any younger, um, and yeah, so that, that's something, another thing I want to be consistent with is reading, which actually I have been, last year I read a lot, the year before, well, last year I didn't read as much as I would like to in 2021, but 2022 I read a lot of books, so I want to go back to reading, I want to go back to my digital book club, um, and then this podcast, obviously, like, needs to be more consistent with this. 
vitamins. I want to take them every morning. I don't really take like a daily vitamin or anything like that. I just drink emergency powder for the vitamin C, which I don't know if it's the best thing, but it gets the job done. Um, immunity oil and oregano oil. Those are the things that I take every morning. Um, and working out. So I'm actually transitioning from Orange Theory to a gym and it's making me a little bit nervous because I haven't like really worked out in a gym in a long time, but this gym offers great classes. Um, so I'm kind of excited to try it out, definitely to be more consistent. The Orange Theory hours weren't working for me anymore. Um, and I wanted like a different workout, a little bit of a switch up. So we're going to try it and, uh, see where it goes. Um, I just want to remind everyone not to be so hard on yourselves. I think that a lot of the time when we, you know, start off strong, um, and then we kind of miss a few days or slack that we can be really, really hard on ourselves. Um, don't be hard on yourselves. It's okay to have two cheat meals instead of one. It's okay to sleep in a couple of days. It's okay to miss that workout sometimes. Not a big deal. Just have grace with yourself like you do with everyone else, assuming you do with everyone else. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's always a, a new day. I do want to say now that we're in 2022, that, you know, 2021 for me was a beautiful year, um, but it was extremely challenging. Um, it kind of added to the transitions of 2020. So between 2020 and 2021, I just had a lot of crazy things happen, a lot of transitions. I felt like I had a lot on my plate, a lot on my shoulders. I still do. Um, you know, I just really had to dive deep into my emotions, figure out what's important to me. You know, I sm swallowed my pride a lot, like, ego what who's that I don't even know where that is anymore um yeah it's been a very challenging year but very beautiful um so much love filled with so much love but a lot of changes so um I'm excited to see what 2022 has in store for me uh all right well I think that's it for dropping gems let's get into BTS so Usually I do a recap of my past week, but since I've been, you know, gone for a while, I'm just going to do a little recap of the past maybe month and then obviously the TV recap, which I'm really excited for. So COVID-19 that started apparently in 2019, hence COVID-19 announced uh, January 2022 and we're still living in it. When the fuck is it going to go away? Um, I know last season there was a lot of back and forth about whether I was planning on getting vaccinated. I think that was back in May, April. Um, I did get vaccinated. It took a lot out of me to get the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means. I have other vaccines. Um, I'm just very cautious and I think that I'm allowed to be. I think that it's been frustrating um, because people who've wanted to wait a lot of them got labeled as anti-vaxxers. Now there is like, a, there is this group of like anti-vaxxers or a stigma of people who don't believe in medicine and there's conspiracy theories around it. That's one thing. But there is also a group of people somewhere in the middle who are just cautious. Um, they're not anti-vaxxers. I just think that they're just, cautious is the best way that I can explain it. Um, I don't think that, the government is injecting us with anything. And no, I don't think that we're all going to die in 10 years because we got vaccinated. Um, but COVID came so quick out of nowhere. And I feel like the vaccine came just as quick, you know, almost out of nowhere. Um, so I think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to wait. You know, I think that, yes, it was emergency approved by the FDA, but it wasn't fully searched and 
it wasn't fully researched. So I personally really, really, really wanted to wait until both Moderna and Pfizer were uh, fully FDA approved before I was vaccinated. But unfortunately, I got vaccinated before that. I felt like I had no choice. You know, I couldn't work. I couldn't go to places. I couldn't do anything. Um, <clears throat> so I just really felt like I had my back against the wall, which is never like the conditions that you want to get vaccinated under. You don't want to feel forced to have to get something that's technically supposed to be good for you and protect you from harm. You you don't want to have this like bad taste in your mouth because everyone is kind of forcing you to get it. That that's really that really turned me off of it even more. Um, but at this point, like, is COVID real? Obviously, it's real. It's been real. Um, do I think people should get vaccinated? Yes. Now that Pfizer is fully FDA approved and not only under emergency approval, I do think people should go get vaccinated, in my opinion. Um, do I think that it's the job of the government to force people to get vaccinated? No. I don't want anyone telling me what to do with my body. Personally, I don't. I went, got it on my own, whether I liked it or not. Um, I think it's smart to get vaccinated, but I don't think that anyone should be forced into doing so. I think that now we're just crossing a line that honestly we shouldn't be. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I thought I was going to make it to the two year mark without COVID catching COVID. And I was just three months short of that. Um, I caught COVID. I think I'm assuming I got the Omicron, um, variant, Thank God, because um, I heard really bad things about Delta, you know, and I haven't been sick in years. This is another reason why I didn't want to get vaccinated. I don't get a flu shot. I mean, you're talking to somebody who, if I have a cold, I eat raw garlic and I rub myself down with vodka, wear wool and just sweat it out. Like this is my cure for a cold. I don't really take medicine, right? So, um... I, when I got sick and I haven't been sick, I probably haven't even had a cold in like 10 years. I haven't been sick in a really long time, knock on wood, thank God. So when I got sick, I was like, what the fuck is this? It did just at first feel like, um, like a common flu. I had a fever for two days, um, was tired. Um, mm, I think that's about it. Like I didn't have body aches and pains. I didn't have shortness of breath. I didn't have all these things. I just felt like it was just maybe a flu. Now, once COVID started clearing out, this cough started coming in. Um, this shit is brutal. I cough like almost every 20 minutes. <coughs> I've coughed a few times now while filming this podcast. I'm going to end up, you know, cutting, try to cut as many of those out as I can. I wake up in the middle of the night every hour coughing. I'm like, is this what newborn, new moms feel like when they have newborns? They wake up every hour I can't sleep through the night because I wake up just coughing and coughing. I can't talk for long periods of time because I just want to cough. So if anyone has a solution for that, please DM me. This I don't know how to get rid of. Um, but if this was the worst of it, I'm glad that I got this this version. I know that a lot of people weren't as lucky um, and as blessed. So um, yeah, that's been my experience with COVID. It could always be worse. I'm glad I got through it. Um, but I'm really not trying to see this cough again. I want this to go away and I never want to catch COVID again. Okay. Um, what else happened the past few months? Okay. This, I don't know enough about it and I'm actually kind of scared to research it. I just saw a few headlines and I'll leave it at this. This subway tuna ordeal is really freaking me the fuck out. I have been a pescatarian for four years. I have not touched chicken, meat, turkey, nothing for four years. And what do you guys think I lived on? Tuna sandwiches, right? Subway. I mean, I prefer Jersey Mike's, obviously. Um, but if I can't get that, Subway. And now you're telling me that it's not real tuna. This is like 
when Jessica Simpson said tuna the chicken of the sea, like she probably literally meant chicken because it's not even real tuna. Okay, what the fuck are they putting in there? So am I technically, have I technically not been a pescatarian for four years? I don't know what's in there. I don't know if it's like meat particles and cardboard. There's a lot of weird stuff that I briefly read and I... I don't want to read anymore. What I do want to know is, can I join a civil lawsuit? Is there like a suit going on that I can join? Because this is really disrespectful. I thought I was eating tuna the whole time, and here I am consuming God knows what. Um, another thing happened to me. I have a question. Ladies, do you know how to change a tire? And I don't mean like fill it with air. I mean like change the whole thing. Take it out, put it in, start your car. It actually works. Like properly change tire. I've discovered that I don't know even how to put air in my tire or change my tire. Um, you know, if you were ever going to call me spoiled in life, it would be in this changing tire situation. My dad has always taken care of all of my car troubles, all of my tire issues, always showed up, figured it out. I never even, I didn't even know I didn't have a spare tire. I got a fucking flat tire in the middle of the road on the freeway, had to pull over in the middle of the night, don't know where I am, whatever, end up getting towed home in in the car with the tow truck driver with my pepper spray in my hand and my car back there getting towed home because I didn't even have a spare I don't know how to put air in it I don't know how to do anything um and I just feel like you know I kind of my dad kind of failed me in life there I feel like that's one thing I'm going to teach to my daughter after I got stranded um what else has been going on in my life I've become a baby bartender so I was craving dirty martinis heavy and I was just like damn do I need to go to a restaurant every time I want a dirty martini so I learned how to make the dirty martini and then um, I only like a couple of drinks so I decided to just learn my drinks and call it a day my spicy margarita I can kind of do that um I learned how to make my dirty martinis and then the other drink that I love is a bloody mary I love a Bloody Mary. Now, that shit has so many ingredients. Um, I could have just bought the Bloody Mary mix, but I really wanted to make it from scratch, including the worst, 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 I don't know how to say it. It's the fucking sauce. That, it has that. It has Tabasco. I mean, Bloody Mary has some shit in it, okay? So, I learned how to make a Bloody Mary. I, you know, I like a dry red or white wine and champagne occasionally when I'm eating oysters. Like, that's the extent of my alcohol, but really proud of myself because my dirty martinis are on point. Um, another strange thing happened to me like a month or two ago. So I parked my car and I went to pay at a meter and there was a credit card in there. And I was like, oh shit, someone left their card. Like I felt bad. So I was on a strip of stores. It's like on, on the middle of a main street and there's a bunch of stores around. So you don't really know where they went, where they came from, what store to give it to. Um, so I pulled it out and I Googled the person's name. And, you know, some people's phone numbers are listed on the internet. So I Googled their name and there was a phone number. So I called the number. They don't answer. On this website, it said they were married to this person. I click on the man's name. I call them. They don't answer. Um, then I go and text the person and I say, hey, you don't know me. I found your card, blah, blah, blah. They read it. They don't respond. Like, I tried to, I feel like I came off as a creep. I left it at, like, one of the stores and said, I found this card. Someone comes and picks it up. And I told these people that I left it there, but no one responded. And I don't know if it's creepy to do that. I would want somebody to call me, Google my name, 
find my phone number. I guess it's a little creepy. And call me if they found my card. Maybe I was, it's just better off canceling it. I don't know if I did a weird thing. I don't know if that was a weird thing to do. I really want to know if that was weird. Was that weird to Google them and find their phone number? Is it weird if you're just going on about your day and then you get a random text message saying, hey, I Googled your name and I got your number off the internet because I found your credit card in a parking meter. It's a little creepy because now I'm thinking, do you have my address? Because you Googled me? Now I'm freaking out. You know, maybe that was a weird thing to do. All right, I'm going to get into the TV recap section, but before I get into it, I want to say something. I haven't really watched commercials in a long time because I don't watch a lot of live TV, but I, when I watch The Bachelor Live, um, I start seeing like what commercials are out nowadays, and um, there's been a lot of just diversity in commercials. I've seen a lot of um, LGBTQ representation, two dads, two moms. I've seen a lot of um, interracial marriages. I mean, it's been really nice to see on these commercials. So I really feel like people can really see themselves on TV. It's really, really important. Representation really matters. So I am happy with the direction that the media is kind of going in um, after, you know, a long time. So let's get into TV recap. I'm not going to recap anything like fully. I'm just going to do a quick rundown of what I've been watching. <clears throat> Housewives of Potomac. I know that it ended like a while ago, but I just, but I didn't have my podcast going at the time. I just have to say this. Um, I really needed the cast to give Candace the same energy that they gave Monique, um, minus Karen and Ashley. Uh, she's mean. She pushes people. She is rude. Her mouth is just ridiculous. She pushes people and tries to, you know, get them to physically fight her. Um, she gets mad at people for, she throws food at someone and gets mad for them throwing food back at her. I mean, she's just like not my kind of girl. She's just not it. She called Ashley uh, an ogre after she had just had a baby. I mean, this girl is like on some other shit. And I think Giselle tried to kind of break it down to her, but she wasn't trying to hear it. So I would just wish people would have went a little bit harder on Candace. Um, Wendy had a rough season. She was just too much for me this season too. She was too intense. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I left it. I am excited for next season, but it was an interesting one. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Actually, what's so funny is because when I'm not, my podcast isn't, um, active, people DM me when episodes come out because they, like, ask me questions. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And so many people DM me asking me what I thought about Erica Girardi and if I thought that she was actually guilty. Um, hmm. So, uh, I think that, first of all, here, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> it's one thing to be someone's friend and support them, um, but it's another thing to talk about them behind their back and then kind of kiss their ass, kiss their face, you know, kiss their ass to their face. Um, if I was Erica's friend and I was on the show with her, I probably wouldn't ask questions really like I wouldn't ask incriminating questions or really press her on camera either if that was really my friend I would ask her what I need to ask her behind the scenes I'm not gonna ask her on camera that's just the kind of friend I am right uh, <clears throat> but um I also wouldn't do what they did, did to Denise Richards last season where was the energy like if you're gonna be about it Lisa you need to be about it all the time she really went so hard on Denise and didn't give that same energy to Erica now off to Erica do I think Erica Girardi uh, knew that her husband was stealing money from orphans and widows? No. 
I think it's very possible to be in a marriage and not know entirely what's going on, especially with money, especially when you've been in this marriage for over 20 years and there's always been money. This isn't random money, new money coming in. There's always been money. So I, and I, this man is older. Um, a lot of men keep their businesses separate from their marriage. They don't really tell their wives a lot of, of what's going on. So do I think that she knew no, I don't think that she knew. What's concerning to me is the timing of the divorce. Um, I feel like she said that she's divorcing him because he's been cheating on her. She found out there's an affair. But apparently this is this bad treatment has been going on for a while. Now it's just gotten worse, according to her. The timing is super concerning to me. According to her, he's been having an affair. He's been a little rude. He's been disrespectful he hasn't been supportive to her for a while but apparently it just now got worse and she just now got fed up so the timing is weird I don't know that the same time that he's all these lawsuits are coming out about him and all this information is coming out about him she just decides to file for divorce I don't know maybe she found out that all of these things were about to come out and that he did these horrible things and then she filed for divorce I wouldn't blame her. I would. I. I really wouldn't blame her. Um. So that to me makes more sense. I feel like it's probably that. I don't know why she just won't come out and admit it. Like maybe it's incriminating if she admits that in some way. I don't know. But it does seem to me that it would make more sense that she found out about all these horrible things and then move forward with filing for divorce. That makes more sense to me because honestly, the timing of when she decides to get a divorce and all these things coming out is like it. It, I don't I don't know. It's crazy. Next, I've been watching Big Brother. I don't know why I have never watched this show. Why did anyone DM me and tell me to watch Big Brother? My boyfriend, his friend Vani kept recommending it. We were like, all right, all right, all right. We went back. The show has been on, the, on TV forever. I mean, the concept is crazy. I didn't even know this like existed. Not scripted at all. There's cameras going 24-7. Like, you can watch the cameras if you log in. You can literally watch what they're doing all the time. Like, it's amazing. I I started with the latest season, 23, and then we went, we Googled, like, which seasons were good, and we watched them, 12, 5, and now we're watching 10, which is honestly an incredible season. So I love Big Brother. If you have some time to binge something because you are isolating, really recommend Big Brother. Um, I've been watching Bachelor and Bachelor. As you know, I started watching it last year. Um, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember when I started watching it. Um, but, um, I watched Katie's season. It was really awful. It was boring. I'm really, honestly, I couldn't believe that that was even, I, I wish that season could be erased from Bachelor history. Michelle's season was lovely. I think she was perfect for the role. And now Clayton, I, I don't know how he got the job, but he got it. So we're going to watch it. It seems like a crazy drama filled season. There's a lot of nurses. I don't know how the fuck. They found so many nurses to be on the show, but um, the girls are cute. It's going to be exciting. So that's where we're at with that. I watched Selling Sunset finally. Um, all the seasons I binged it. Um, you know, I was I just wanted to see what Netflix reality TV was about because I think Bravo does reality TV so well. Um, and I think TLC does a good docuseries reality TV style shows. I was just like, really, Netflix? Then you just watch it and you're like, Netflix really can't do any wrong. I think it's a really good, catchy show. Um, I don't know how accurate a lot of the sales are, but 
just going to pretend that they are. Um, what else happened? Okay, guys, I this show, this next show I'm going to tell you. Okay, when I saw the title, when I saw the title of the show, I said, oh, do I really want to watch a show about college girls? You know, I'm way out of college. Like, do I need to watch this shit, right? Then I was like, let me give it a try because Mindy Kaling is one of the creators and I think she's so fucking talented. Um, and I am obsessed with the sex life of college girls. Wow. Um, I'm so sad it's over. I highly recommend it. I, you know, I'm patiently waiting for another season. I don't want to give anything away, but I really, really do recommend that if you're looking for something to watch, this shit is great. And I'm obsessed with Bella. She's my favorite, favorite character. <clears throat> the last show I'm going to talk about is the Sex and the City revival and just like that. Um, look, I was excited because it's like you get to see all your friends again. You know, like when Gilmore Girls did a revival, like I watched it when, um, if Friends ever does one, which I don't think they will, I'll definitely watch it even if it's not good. Um, when I heard about this and I heard <clears throat> that Samantha's not going to be on it, I was a little bit like upset, not upset, but disappointed. Cause like, what is a show without all four of them? Right. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and a lot of people were upset that they killed off big in the first episode. Um, well now thank God they, they did because now he's like canceled quote unquote. But, um, what else were they going to do? What was going to be Carrie's storyline? She's like almost 60 years old. What was she going to do? Have an affair? Get a divorce? Like, it's just so typical. So, like, the fact that he died and now she has to, like, create a new life for herself, it only makes sense. Now, I do have some critiques. I think that it's a little cringy. I think that they are trying to cover all of their bases in the first few episodes. Oh my god, I'm sneezing, coughing all over the place. Jesus Christ. God bless this mic. Um, I feel like they're trying to cover all of their bases in the first few episodes. They want to be so woke. It is cringy. They are like, all right, let's talk about black women and their hair. Let's talk about, uh, you know, transgender, non-binary, uh, sexual orientation. I mean, kids going through it. It's just like they put so much shit into the first few episodes like they're they, they they can't make it more obvious and it's just it's not landing right it's like these women are trying to unlearn all of the things that they have learned and they're trying to learn how to be they're trying to learn how to how to function in the way society is now okay now it is very relatable because I think a lot of people over the past couple of years um especially with all the protests um that happened in 2020 you know if everything that's going on especially with the last you know administration I think a lot of people are trying to unlearn a lot of things um and trying to educate themselves I don't think anything is wrong with it but it's like everything at once everything is on your screen it's really cringy and they're trying to just like, it's like they made a list and they're just trying to check it off, making sure, all right, we got this one checked, got this one checked, we'll talk about this, good, 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 okay, now we can move on. It's like way too obvious and kind of painful. So I'm just trying to get through this part of it and then enjoy the show because, you know, 
I'm not mad at it. The outfits are on point. They have great supporting um, cast. So I'm going to keep watching it. Obviously, it's not like Sex and the City. Obviously, like we miss Samantha. The thing about Samantha is, though, they didn't kill off her character, but they kind of wrote her off, wrote her as if she got mad that Carrie no longer needed a book manager and she just got so mad and left and moved to London and like isn't friends with any of them, which is like so not a Samantha thing. Like that's not what Samantha would do based on what we know about Samantha. So anyway, um, I'm excited to watch the rest of it. We'll see what happens, but I'm also excited to just read. I've watched so much TV. I really need to go read. So I think in a couple of weeks, I'm bringing back the book club. If you're listening, please DM me with suggestions of what we should read next. Um, and let me know if you want to join. And if you've already hit me up and told me that you wanted to join, please hit me up again because that DM probably got lost in the sauce. Anyway, I'm so excited to be back. I'll be back next Monday. Um, If there's any questions or any topics you guys want me to cover, please DM me. I love um, when you guys send me your input. Um, I'm a little bit rusty, like I said. I got a little cough going on, Um, but I'm back and I'm excited to be back. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As a reminder, please leave a comment, a rating, a review, subscribe, both on podcasts and on YouTube. Follow me at Starring Milana on Instagram. Please share this episode um, and I'll see you next Monday. Bye.